0: Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomerschurch/podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church podcast. Enjoy the message.
1: Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Won't he do it? If I can turn your attention again to verse 14 that says this is the confidence. I've read it three times. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and we know that we, that, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. This is the confidence. This is the confidence. I think one of the most important questions that any one of us can ask ourselves is, well, where does your confidence come from? What is your confidence leaning on? What does your confidence rest on? Back in the old church, sorry, we used to sing a song that said, what a fellowship, what a joy divine leaning on the everlasting arms. Any church? What a blessedness. What a peace is mine leaning on church. I'm leaning, leaning. What am I leaning on? What am I resting on? What really causes depression? The, The idea of depression is that that And is that you, you push down and there is a depression made in the ground that I'm leaning, when I lean on something that's not really able to hold my weight, a depression is created. And a part of the reason why many of us can battle depression and anxiety and worry and fear is because we have been led to lean on something that can't hold us up. We have been taught to put our confidence in a whole lot of stuff. Our ancestors really only had him to put their confidence in. But in a sense, we've got all kinds of stuff and it's interesting what happens to us when we find ourselves at the end of ourselves. I was having a confident conversation with one of my sons. He's an artist. And he said, hey, Dad, can I talk to you? He came in my room. Hey, Dad, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. And he said, have you ever just been in a place where you're just stuck? Have you ever just been in a place where you just feel like you can't get out the rut and you just can't move forward and you know where you want to go and you know where you want to move with your life, but you just can't seem to get out of that? And I said, yes, son, I I hear you. He's like, my art, and I just, I feel like I know what I'm supposed to do, but i it's just so hard to do it, and it's just tough. And can't, I just want to talk about it. And we had a great 30-minute conversation about it, had a good conversation, father to son, just dad to son, just artist to artist. We had a good conversation. And he was like, good. good. And I said, at the end of it, I said, now, this is... I, I said, I don't want to make this always about God because this this son of mine comes sometimes. He doesn't really go to church that much. Sometimes your children really don't know where they are about the Lord. And you got to just take a step back and just let them figure it out and just put your trust in God. The Bible says that if you raise your child in the way that they should go, When they're old, they will not depart from it, and you got to be careful that your fear won't drive them even farther away from the Lord, and so I, in the, in the, when my sons talk to me, I don't always talk to them about the Lord, but when he got done, I said, now son, I, I don't mean to interject my Savior into this conversation, but this is one of the reasons why I have a prayer life. This is one of the reasons why I go to church. This is one of the reasons why I pray. This is one of the reasons I'd rather have God and not need Him than need God and not have. When I get to the end of myself, I've got to be able to say all things work together. I need a witness in the building. All things work together is a drug that helps me sleep. I drink it down. All things work together is my way. I will pass it to you. Puff, puff, give. Here, you know the rotation. All things work together for the good of them who love the Lord. Will you please take this? And will you please suck this into your lungs? Because God will make a way for you. God will take the crooked and make it straight God will take the rough won't he do it when you get to the end of yourself you better believe God has a plan for you it is so interesting the most brilliant of generation and and missing this very valuable idea this very serious way to be intelligent and that is to have a backup plan and the backup plan is god is working this thing out for me god has to have something in store for me god has got to be about to make a way for me this is the confidence that i have and that i will approach god My confidence is that I'll go to God and I stand in awe of Him. As as much as I may marvel at our technology, as much as I may marvel at this, as much as I may marvel at flight and all of it, and all of where our world has come to, I also stand in awe Of God can we not lose that I said can we not lose that can we maintain an awe for him it really should we we make you practice worship but it really shouldn't be that hard because you have a muscle that is there to be impressed by God, to be in awe of God, to be in awe of his power if you actually allow him to have his way in your life. I happen to grow up with my father. I don't know how many of you grew up with your father. I actually happen to be amongst a small percentage, at least the people of my, of my culture who actually grew up with a very close in my life relationship with my father. Mothers are amazing. They really are. Mothers are great. Mothers are there. Mothers are consistent. Mothers are solid. But if you grew up with your father and you were close to him that when I think about my relationship with my father there are three words that come to mind. I want you to write them down. I'm going to put them on the screens for you because I think that they are they're, they're, a, they're a, a doorway to your interaction with God as your father, which is who he is. But the, the, those three words are awe, fear, and love. Awe, fear, and love. My, my initial emotional feeling my earliest memories of my feelings about my father quite honestly was just awe. my dad just did things that to me were awesome I remember one time he came home and my bike was in the driveway I can maybe I was four or five and it's where you're still trying to turn your bike yourself and my dad was coming in and he was tired and I remember him just picking up my bike picking up my bike and shaking it at me and saying, put this bike where it's supposed to be. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this guy, it's the strength that he has when I'm still trying to turn a bike like this. He can pick this bike up and shake it at me, move this bike before I trip over it. And I remember being afraid that the bike would be in his way, but also in awe of just his strength. He would get in the pool and swim under the water and swim under the water and then under the water and then under the water and then under the water water without coming up. And when he would finally come up and take a breath, I'd be like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. He'll just climb a tree. Give me your hand. He'll haul me up. If I drop something, he'll pick it up and dust it off here. And I thought, yeah, since he dusted it off, it's clean. (laughs) Mom wants to go and rinse this. Dad's like, here, here. And I'm like, oh, his spit is magic. He he just licked the dirt off. I had a cat. I had a cat. (laughs) You know, I had this little cat. And really, he was like an alley cat that I had found. And I mean, I might have been eight. And I wanted a pet. And so they let me keep this alley cat. My dad's like, oh, yeah, you know, it will catch some mice. And so they let me keep this cat. I called him Smokey. He would go out. He would come in. He would go out. He would come in. Once he came back from being out, and he was kind of hobbling. He seemed hurt, and when I looked at his side, I could tell there was a hole in his side, and I was like, oh my gosh, my cat is hurt. We got to fix this cat. We got to take this cat to the vet. Now, I know not everybody in here is black, and I know not everybody's watching black is black, but if there's one thing that can be said about black people, We don't believe in no kind of vets. Oh, I need a witness in the bill. If something is wrong, that cat about to go to see the cat, Jesus, that died for its cat. We are not about to spend none of our hard-earned money. I need a witness in the bill. There is no insurance for that dog. We do not get no dogs, no operation. They better go eat some grass. So I'm eight. I brought my dog, my cat, to my dad, and I'm just like, I don't think he's doing so well. And my dad looked at me, and my dad just said, yes, yeah, son, that cat, I don't think he's going to make it. You, be- We better get ready to have church for him because he don't look like he's doing too good. He don't look like he can make it. And I remember just hugging my cat and just, <laughs> just crying like, <sighs> And my dad looked at me and said, "Uh, all right, son, look, I'll fix your cat. I said, you will? He said, yes, go get my clippers. So I went, got his clippers. He got some alcohol. He got some, this stuff called iodine. Where the old people back? He got some stuff called mercuricombe. I need to know where the oh where are where, the of oh, this mercuricomb, this red stuff. He shaved around the hole, squeezed, some green stuff came out of the side of this cat. He put iodine, hold him, hold him. I held him. He put iodine, mercuricome on there, patted him, put a little band-aid over there, and gave him back to me. Said, there you go, there's your cat. And my cat lived. And I remember walking away saying, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Dark. That is the first somebody that I had that feeling about was my daddy. Parents, there is a. There's a door that God uses to reach us through the awe that we have for our parents. I just was in awe of the guy. I just thought he could do no wrong. It was just a door for me to continue in this relationship with God. But with that awe came fear. Because I had to be careful when I approached them. I don't know if you had a dad like this. I don't know if you had parents like this. But your world revolved around them, not their world revolving around you. I'm just going to wave my hand up in the air. And so if he was tired, it was what was the confidence that I had in approaching him? I had to, if I was going to ask him for something, it had to be in line with something that I knew he would do. Most of the time, the answer I got from my parents was, We'll see because if it falls in line with something that I'm on my way to do, then we may be able to go. Am I going to stop my whole day to bring you there? I don't know. The the, the passage in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 that says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It is a scripture that we've used to close services out. It is a scripture that... We can almost make overly spiritual and religious if we're not careful to press to have a relationship with God. One of the reasons why the enemy is so against any kind of family structure is because it sets the tone for you to be prepared And have an expectation to have a relationship with God for yourself. I don't want to have a relationship with God for you. I want you to know him for yourself. Did you hear what I said? I don't want to be between you and him. I want you to know him for yourself. This right here was a Holy Ghost party and we're saying have you met God because nothing is greater than you having a relationship with him for yourself nothing is greater than you having your own prayer life nothing is greater than for you to have verse 20 as something that's on the inside of you and not just something we say in here When you can say now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than I can ever ask or imagine. Now, listen, when I start to talk about my God, my Jesus, I'm talking about somebody who not only can he do what I ask, but he can do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine according to the power that's at work within us to him be glory in the church. Shouldn't really have to pump you up to worship too much because the glory in the church, the worship in the church is supposed to be done by people who have a relationship enough with him so that they can say now to him who is able, now to him who can keep me from falling, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine according to the power that's actually at work within us to him be glory in the church. for more for me and you to have confidence to approach him to know that what i ask of him he'll do it and if i know he heard me then i know he'll answer if there's anything you get from this 20 30 minutes today I'm trying as best I can to stay calm because I'm preaching a word for you and for me, because I'm at a point right now in my life where I need God to do something for me. I don't, I don't know who. I can't even do an altar call because I'd have to be down here myself. But I need a miracle. I need, I need God to do something for me, and I need to, I need confidence to know that He will do what I ask. I. I absolutely have confidence that he can. I said, I absolutely have, absolutely, positively, I have confidence that he can. I know he can because I've seen him do it for other people. I know he can because I've heard other people's testimonies. I know he can because I'm in a room with somebody that can wave and say, oh, no, 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 God can make a way somehow. I know he can because I'm not by myself, but I also have the experience of being able to say, I know he can, but I'm not sure that he will. Can we be honest about that? Where most of us can deal with fear and anxiety and worry is we believe in God's power, but we don't necessarily believe in the willingness of God or the will of God. He can, but will he? He can, but will he? I know he can. I know he can do anything. I know he could do anything but fail, but will he for me? really for me now if you were raised like I was raised then they made it quite simple and the simple thing was well as long as you do right and as long as you live right and as long as you act right and as long as you talk right then God will do it but I've been on the planet for a while now and I've had the experience, don't shout me down for preaching good, but I've had the experience in which I have been doing right, and I have been saying right, and I have been acting right, and I have done right, and it still didn't take place. I don't know who I It still did not take place. And so I'm like, okay, so now what? How can I have confidence in approaching him? I want confidence. I want to talk to God and believe he hears me. I want to talk to God, and I want to believe that what I ask him, he'll do. And so, when I look at the scripture now, I'm saying, won't he do it? All right, well, Lord, what will you do? Tell me what you will do. Let me, I want to know what I can ask you that I'll have confidence to know you'll do I, I, I'm, I'm trying to have an honest conversation in this room can we have an honest conversation can we can we are we old enough can we be mature can we be grown who am I talking to have you ever prayed and asked God for something and it didn't happen come on talk to me don't leave me Bob, comment I've prayed for people to be healed and they went on to be with the Lord The Lord is taking folk out of here that was some of my good people. I mean, good, faithful, serving givers. I'm like, Lord, if you want somebody to take, I'll give you a list. Oh, don't judge me. Every one of us has somebody that we have put in God's hand not to bless but to take no, we got to stop being fake in church. We we have all said, "Oh, Lord, get 'em. Don't act like Lord, sick that sick him, Get Get 'em, holy God. We have all Don't judge me. We all alike. You ever been driving? I'm sorry. You ever been driving in your car and you're in traffic? Are you mad? You ever notice how traffic only happens when you're late? (laughs) You ever been in traffic and you're annoyed? What is all this traffic about? Then when you get close, you realize there is an accident on the other side of the road. It's not even on your side. You're going east and the accident is west and the reason why there's traffic on your side is because everybody is nosy and wants to look over and see what is going on over there. And you're like, this is ridiculous. All of this, I done lost 20 minutes just simply because people can't just mind their business and drive past, and you're so upset, this is ridiculous. But when you get there, you do say, Oh my God, look at them over there. Somebody in an amber lamp. All right. So, what am all right? Don't judge me. Okay. I have asked God, prayed, shouted, hollered, screamed, and God did not answer my prayer. Talk to me. He did not answer my prayer. Not the way I wanted him to answer it. And so, like Paul in Ephesians 3, I'm running out of time, I want to exegete, like Paul, I'm in verse 14. For this reason, I kneel. I humble myself. I put his agenda above mine. When I was in my 20s and 30s, I thought I could tell God what to do. At, in my 50s, Elder Paul, I'm like, wait a minute, let me get down. Now, Lord, listen, I want to have confidence in approaching you that I know what you'll, you'll, you're going to do what I ask you to do. Now, I've been through a lot, and I don't need my feelings hurt too much more, and I don't need to ask you for something else that you're not going to do. I've realized you are God. You are sovereign. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. And what's more, I have had the experience in which I've asked you for something and you didn't do it. And it worked out for my good that you didn't do it. I'm glad you didn't listen to me. I didn't know what I was talking about. I wanted to be in Boston forever. But the Lord done brought me here to the country. Now I got a truck. So I have to be careful to tell God too much because God knows better than me. And he has shown me that really I'm kind of stupid. I wish I had a witness. I'm a little bit dumb and I don't really know what I'm talking about half the time. And if he did what I asked, I'd have missed out on a whole blessing. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? I've just gotten some humility in my prayer life. You don't really know God if you are not a little humble when you approach him fake if you walking with your check you had lived when you've been on this planet you say oh my God surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it woe is me Isaiah said woe is me for I'm undone I'm a man of unclean lips and I live amongst the people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the king the Lord God almighty have mercy Stop acting like you see God and stand firm. You don't stand firm when you see God. You get shocked when you see Him. You humble yourself. We are entirely too fronting. Anybody who ever sees God gets shocked. Anybody that sees an angel is terrified. Anybody that sees the Lord gets humble. I am now at a place where I'm like, Lord, if you don't want to do it, I don't want it. Can I speak that over everybody? If you don't want it, I don't want it. Lord, if you don't want it, I don't want it. Lord, if you don't want this, I don't want this. Have your way. 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 Have your way way have your way have your way I did it my way have it your way I tried it my way you go ahead and do it your way I did it myself I can't do it in my own strength no more you go ahead and have your way in my life I'm not losing another night's sleep over something you don't want for me I'm going to ask you according to your will. I'm preaching to somebody in here. i won't to ask you according to your will. I know you'll hear me if I ask you what you want to do.
0: If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible.
1: When I did that, I didn't get the answer that I wanted, but I got the truth. Sit down. Let me me show you the truth real quick. Won't he do it? Won't he will? Won't he do it? Shout out to Rudolph McKissick. Won't he do it? Yes, he will do it. What will he do? What will he do? It's listed here. It's listed here. This is his will. Paul lists it. Paul says, listen, I kneel before the Father. I come humbly. Lord, I've come to the understanding. I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you what to do. i got to ask you if you'll do something according to your will. So, Paul saying, for this reason, I, I kneel, I bow, I approach God humbly, I get over me, I get over myself during pride month. Pride month. Pride goes before a fall. My God, help us. Home. <laughs> God resists the proud but gives grace to... Somebody better say something to me. I'm trying to preach in here. You better be careful being proud. Though nobody in here have a reason for pride and pride goes before a fall, I have learned to humble myself if it had not been for the Lord on my side. I said, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, anything I got, bro, when I show somebody something, I'm like, now before I say anything, let me just say, if it had not been for the lord on my side i wouldn't have this church i wouldn't have this family i wouldn't have these kids i wouldn't have none of this if it had not been for the lord because when he found me i was not like this i wish i had a witness i didn't look like this when he found me i didn't talk like this when he found me he took me and made something beautiful out of my life so i approach him humbly And I ask him according to his will. And there are seven things I see, because you know me. There are seven things that I see that he will do according to his will. And I can exegete it, but I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to read them to you. Okay? I'll put them on the screens. You can take a picture so you can know how to pray. The first thing Paul says is, for this reason, I bow before the Father... His whole family derives its name. So the first thing that God wants to do and will do is name you. He'll change your name. He'll change your name. He'll change how people perceive you. He'll change your identity. He'll give you a new name. He'll call you something different. He'll, he'll call you light when you look dark. He'll call you well when you still look sick. He'll call you rich when you're still poor. He'll, call, he'll change your name. And then the question is, can you agree with the name he gives you? Oh, I need a witness in the building. Part of the challenge for me is I am so Stuck on my name. I'm so stuck on where I'm from. I'm so stuck on how I was raised. I'm so stuck on what I experienced that I want my own name more than I want the name I want that he's trying to give me. He's trying to change my name from Jacob to Israel, but I've got Jacob on all of my clothes. trying to change my name from Simon to Peter but I've got Simon in my monograms. I've always started myself as a Simon and everybody know me as a Simon and I was raised in here and I'm a Simon and God is like, yeah, but I don't like you being Simon. I want you to be Peter. So number one, he'll name you. Number two, Write them down, take a picture of them. Number two, he says (laughs) that out of his glorious riches, he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. The second thing he absolutely will do is strengthen you inwardly. He will strengthen you inwardly. Man, I wish I had more time. He will strengthen you inwardly. So the way I pray now is, Lord move them, or give me the strength inside. Lord, do this, but if it's not your will to do that, I know it's your will to give me the strength inwardly to handle what i got to handle. Oh, I need a witness in the building. If it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But if not, not my will, but thy will be done. But you're going to have to do something on the inside of me. And you're going to have to strengthen me on the inside. You're going to have to give me some strength if I'm going to deal with this person. Now, Lord, you can remove this supervisor. Oh, I need a win, Lord, you can do, or, 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 you know what, Lord, you can do? You can fix it so that when I see them coming, I smile. I'm trying to make a point. See, we don't pray that. We don't pray that. We just want God to fix them and don't want God to fix us. Mm, I need you to uh, Lord uh, touch my husband. Uh, okay, all right. We can certainly pour oil on your husband and cast the devil out of him, but what we gonna do with your demons? <laughs> I need my child needs deliverance. That's true. They do need deliverance. You know where they got that demon from? Your house. Verse 17, he says, here's the third one, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. The third thing that God absolutely will do is create space for Christ. He'll create space for Christ to be there. God, I wish I had more time. It's all right, though. It's all right, it's all right, it's all right. But I I just have had way too much experience where... I'm mad at the Lord because he's allowing stuff that makes me need Jesus. Now I'm walking around saying, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Oh, ooh, help me, Jesus. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. Jesus, I need you to protect me. See, what I want is for the threat to be gone. Not for the space for me to need Christ. We just want to rule. Hey, Pastor Andy, is it okay for me to do this or that? Well, you probably need to talk to God and see what your Lord says to you. Stop trying to make me your Lord and Savior. I'm not your Lord and Savior. I didn't die for you. I wouldn't die for you. That's not the point of this. Did I say I wouldn't die for you? I wouldn't die for not hardly nobody in here. First nail, it'd have been like Magneto. Anyway, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying to you is, you you need God. Let's not become so advanced in our technology that we don't need God. But we almost mad that we need him. We almost upset that we need him. And I'm sorry, hate to hurt your feelings, but the Lord will definitely put you in a situation that creates space for Christ. Number four, he says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. So the fourth thing that God will do is root you in love. He'll root you in love so that love lifted me when nothing else could help. Now, I've had the experience where the Lord hasn't necessarily done what I wanted him to do. But then in my disappointment, the way he loved me and the way I loved him and the he rooted me in love, he established me in love And being rooted in love is better than being rooted in results. You are a flimsy somebody if you're only rooted in everything going your way. If you're doing something right now that everybody doesn't necessarily, if you're doing something, you better love it. You better love it. You're, you're being rooted in love. We're so rooted in results. We're so looking for results. My children, it's the, it's the negative to a certain extent of social media is that you can put something out and not only can you get instant gratification, but you also get instant rejection. See, in my day, there was no rejection because there was no phone. You just you started doing you in my day. If your song got on the radio, you lost your mind. You didn't even know if everybody liked it. You were rooted in the love you have for the thing more than just in the result that you have. I could just sit here, but I, I, I'm 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 running out of time. Let me give you the last three. Number five, he says, you may have power together with all the saints. To grasp. So number five. He will empower you. Not only will he strengthen you inwardly. But he will empower you. To grasp. He will empower you. To understand. The greatest power. Is understanding. It's not just dictating. Dictate power. is not all that is cracked up to be. There is a power in grasping, in understanding. He will empower you to grasp things that you would not normally grasp. I'm going to speak that over everybody. He will empower you to understand things that you would not normally understand. He will empower you to understand stuff that's too high and too low and too wide and too broad. He will empower you to get it. He will empower you to know it. He will empower you To grasp it (laughs) together with all the Lord's holy people. The sixth thing God absolutely will do is force you to fellowship with the right folk. This is such a word, I can't even hardly take it. Because one of the most crazy things to do is to keep the same fellowship and keep losing. We're just we're just stubborn. We want to keep everything the same. All the same friends, all the same habits, all the same stupid, all the same stuff. And then we want God to bless us with the same junk that don't work. And the Lord's just not going to do it. It's just not something's going to happen. What he's going to do is he's going to make you get rid of your loser friends. He's going to make you step away from the enemies that are trying to kill you. He is going to get you to walk in the light and fellowship with the right kind of folk because if you don't fix your fellowship, your success will be short-lived. How many of us are hurt because we've been betrayed by somebody That we never should have took us in the first place. They never even should have been there. And you are hurt over somebody that never liked you. That was never for you. That never was on your side. The Lord has been trying to extricate that person from your life. The Lord has been trying to disconnect you from them for so long. Part of how he was doing it. Was just stuff not working. But you mad at them. I am not mad anymore at anybody that should not be on my boat. I'm gonna speak that right now. I refuse to be upset over anybody that ain't on my side. You can only be around if you like me a lot. Who am I talking to? You have got to love me. Oh, I wish I You've got to love me. You can't come to my house if you don't love me. Because if you don't love me, my house will make you mad. I wish I had a winner. You'll really be mad if you don't like me. I don't want nobody around me that ain't a fan. Who, who am I talking to? They ought to be excited. They ought to be rejoicing. They ought to be like, what you got? Oh, my God. You go, girl. You go, but you ain't got time for nobody who ain't on your side. I wish I had a better witness than that. You give way too much time to folk who are not about you. Women definitely, and men especially, We love a Delilah. It's insane, gentlemen. How much we'll be with somebody who's just about themselves? I'm gonna get off of it, Anthony, before I get kicked out of here. And then number seven—it's my one of my sons. Number seven. This is the tough one, and I'm gonna leave—not last like last week. I'm not gonna drop the mic. I'm gonna pray for you. Here's the last one, verse 19. He says "And that you may know this love that surpasses all knowledge. Here's the kicker, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. See, God will push you to your realistic potential. If you can run five seconds, God will push you to run five seconds. He will not ha- be happy with you running six seconds if you can run five. God is not going to leave you lazy. God ain't for lazy people. God is not for folk who think it's just enough. The Lord, what his will is, is that you reach your op capacity. He will not put more on you than you can bear, but he will push you to bear, to bear with things that you did not think you could bear. Things that used to stress you won't stress you no more. Things that used to bother you won't bother you no more. Who am I talking? Things that used to keep you awake won't keep you awake no more. And you will look back and think about how it used to keep you awake, and now it don't. He will do that to you even if it takes you through a painful process. Some things that we're asking him to remove, he's not removing because patience must finish its work in you so that you can be complete and mature and not lack anything. And if you lack wisdom, ask from God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So, I can't ask God to remove something that he has allowed to make me better. Who, Jesus. I know I'm not the only one who is saying, Lord, you did not have to let this happen. Ooh, who was that? Lord, you did not have to let this happen. You did not let this happen. You did not have to let them be here. You did, not that- you did not have to let my mama die. You didn't have to do that. Lord, you didn't have to let that happen. You could have healed that. You could have did that. You could have fixed that. You could have done You could have, Lord, with a flick of your finger, you know, Lord, that ain't right. You ain't doing me right. Come on, Lord, you got to do me better than this. You didn't do folk in the Bible like this. Worst thing to say to him. Have you considered Job? Lord, don't nobody want to talk about Job. It's like... The Lord will allow you to get to a place where the thing that you desire is no longer an idol. My last point, I'm done. If it is possible that if God does not do it, you won't be with him, then he will never do it. Let's just get this straight. If you've got this thing hanging on a ledge, is which you are threatening God about being in a relationship with Him based on a result, you're in trouble. The Lord will leave you there just to get you to a place in which you say, if I perish, I perish. If it, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He'll leave you at the place until you say, the God I serve is able to deliver me, and he will. But even if he does not, I have made up in my mind. I am God's, he is mine. Because if I allow my life to be result-based, This will not go well for me because one of these days, stuff ain't going to go your way. Who am I talking to? One of these days, a storm is going to come. I've been there. I don't know who I've been there where I was like, Lord, I don't really know if I'll be with you after. If you don't do this, I don't know. And he said, that was the worst thing you ever would have said to me. You should have never said that. I want you with me no matter what. I want you ride or die. I want you down. I want you with me. I want you to realize that I've got you in the good and in the bad, in the sun and in the rain. In the. I want you to realize that it's bigger than just whether or not I do what you want. It is a fickle relationship with anybody if they have to do what you want. I just want a man who's never gonna tell me no. That'll be the worst thing ever. That will be the worst thing ever. I'm gonna say it again. That'll be the worst thing ever happened to you. You need some no's. You need somebody to be like, no, no, mm, no, Mm-mm. no. <laughs> it's a baby shower. No. Not going to a baby shower. Not a girl. No. Who gonna be there? No. It is a fickle relationship with a parent that has to always say yes. It is a fickle relationship with a parent that has to always be nice. It is a fickle, it is a fickle thing if I can't. You not even my if I ain't cussed you out, you ain't my son. I wish I had a witness in the You think you know me so well? Ask my children. If I have not cussed you out, I don't care about you. Cussing is caring. Anyway, I got to get off this stage before I can. Cussing is caring. I need a witness in the building. You have really made me upset. I really care about you. I'm ready to kill you. I really love you. I want to strangle you. I'm not crazy. I don't want to strangle people on the road. I want to strangle you. I want to kill you. Don't eat all the bread and not buy more bread. Okay, anyway. What I'm saying to you is, is be careful that God don't have to be your Santa Claus. Am I just talking to me? I'm like, Lord, any way you bless me, Hezekiah Walker, go find the song and play it. Any way you bless me, I will be satisfied. It doesn't mean I don't pray specifically, but I say, Lord, you know better than me. Have your way in my life. Now jump on your feet. I want to add my faith to yours. I have a I have a gift of faith and I'm going to add my faith to yours. Whatever you need from the Lord, I want you to get it in your mind right now. I don't know what you need from the Lord. I don't know what you need from the Lord. If I did an altar call there'd be no room so I don't know what you need from the Lord. I know what I need from the Lord. Anybody need anything from the Lord? I don't know what you need. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need money. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need your marriage. Maybe you maybe somebody you love is sick. I don't know what you need from the Lord. It, it God is moved by faith. Won't he do it? Absolutely. Yes he will. Yes he will. Yes he will. But he'll strengthen you in your inward self first. First, know that you're being strengthened in your inward being. Your mom is sick. You're terrified that you're going to lose your mother. That's going to strengthen you with power in your inward being. He's not going to leave you at a place where you can't live without your mother. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? The Lord can heal your mother, but he also is not going to allow you to live on this planet and you can't live without your mother. That don't make sense. Can I get a witness in the buildings? You can't say what you can't do. Can he bless you with a husband? Absolutely. But you can't say, I cannot be said. You can't say that. You can't. You, you just can't do it. Can he heal your child? Absolutely. But you cannot. Your, your faith has to be. Now, Lord, If you, it's your will heal this. But also, strengthen me with power in my inward self now. That Christ may dwell in my heart through faith. Strengthen me with power inside. Because I, I get it, Lord. You're not going to let me stay weak. Now wrap your arms around yourself. Get in your mind what it is you need from the Lord. Lord, we have come to you in confidence, humbly, in holy reverence. Lord, we come before your throne this hour humbly. We bow our knees. Forgive us for our pride. Forgive us for our hubris. Forgive us for the things that we thought it took. Forgive us. For, for for the mistakes. Forgive us, Lord, for the lines we drew in the sand that you needed to cross. Forgive us for trying to make you prove yourself to us. Forgive us. Forgive us for tempting you. Forgive us for jumping off of bridges and seeing if you'll catch us with your angel. Forgive us for testing you. We wrap our arms around ourselves. God, right now, we come to you boldly in confidence, praying according to your will. We know that it is your will that we be prospered and in good health. We know, God, that it is your will. That we not be worried and anxious and terrified and scared. We know it's your will that we be able to care for our children. We know it's your will that we have love in our lives, God. We know. So we pray according to your will. We know that you hear us. This is our confidence. It's in you. It's in the Word. And so, God, right now I add my faith to everyone under the sound of my voice. Everybody in the room, everybody watching around the world. God, won't you do it? Yes, you will. Make a way. Make a way where there seems to be no way. Open a door that seems to be closed. Have your way in our lives. Provide. Be a way maker, be a miracle worker, be a promise keeper, be a light in the darkness. That is who you are. Open doors we cannot see. Remove who you need to remove out of our lives. God, go ahead. Lord, we give you permission. If there's somebody that doesn't need to go on the trip with us, go ahead and get them out. Because, Lord, Lord, we know that you're taking us somewhere. Lord, we know our ladder shall be greater than our former. Lord, we know that you have a plan for us. It's not to harm us. It's to prosper us. It's to give us hope and a future. So, God, we believe that you're able to do exceedingly. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine, according to this power that is at work within us do a work on the inside of us, fix us from the inside out, heal bodies, change minds, give peace, heal ears, heal hearts, heal eyes, heal cancer, heal blood pressure, heal every attack, heal relationships, Heal our babies, heal our country, heal our culture. Heal, stretch forth your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. We will give you the praise for what you do in us. Thank you for living so big in us today. Thank you for speaking to us and through us. Thank you for connecting us with the right fellowship. Thank you for leading us and guiding us into truth now sovereign God you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power nothing is too difficult for you so touch your people bless your people make your face shine upon your people be gracious to your people give us peace favor on your people favor, favor on us Do a work in us. And as we always pray, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. God, you're our rock. You're our redeemer. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Greet somebody. Name of the Lord.
0: Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on W.O.C.C. and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.